не українець, не козак І до смачної страви не мастак Багато я чого у світі їв А дома кітри серцем прикипів То розляглися в ній на всі смаки Вареники, вареники Варенички мої, варенички мої Варенички мої у сметані Варенички мої, варенички мої Варенички мої кохані Мені козацький ожива І варить круто мудра голова У заті розлітаються думки А в них одні жінки, одні жінки Плеве в смитані серденько моє І розтає, і розтає Варенички мої, варенички мої Варенички мої у сметані Варенички мої Варенички мої, варенички мої, кохані. Варенички мої, варенички мої, варенички мої, у сметані варенички мої, варенички мої. popular uh, singer in Ukraine by the name of Mikhail Poplovsky. Yeah, easy for me to say. And uh, that was a song about a quintessential Ukrainian dish, varenichke, otherwise known as pierogies. Dobry den, shenovni radio suchachi tavitayu vas vsich na radio peredachu nash holos radio krinskoho korinya, yaka podiyatsi vam siuhodni, tak yaki kojni serde, sudinatsitoi do trinatsitoi hodene na chveli CHLY, stoideni sim FM umistina naimo. Primikrofoni siuhodenu je pavlina, a nestupno hodenu budes vame oksana. Yaku yushtorishala perebutes name nestupnek dvo hoden, vemama dujatsi kavina vena nasionishni prochami. Hello there and welcome to Nash Holos Ukrainian Roots Radio, coming to you on CHLY 101.7 FM in beautiful downtown Nanaimo. I'm Paula Demchuk-McQuarrie, Pukarinska Pavlina, and I'll be your host for this first hour. Oksana will be along at 12 noon to host the show in Ukrainian. I'm delighted to have you with us. We've got a great program lined up for you in this first hour. We'll be speaking with Leanne Pocholik of the Ukrainian Canadian Cultural Society of Nanaimo and the Visna Ukrainian Dancers. She'll be telling us all about their upcoming Easter Bazaar happening this weekend. As well, we'll have an interview on Ukrainian Jewish heritage with Alan Bernstein of the Felstein Society, and he'll be telling us about their upcoming conference uh, in mid-April. As well, Pesinka Power Podcast and Episode 4, Joan will be telling you all about dyes. So stay tuned for all of that. We've also got our usual proverb of the week, other items of interest, and great Ukrainian music. And staying on the theme of uh, great Ukrainian food, here is Tutitam with a song about uh, the central ingredient 
for that delicious Ukrainian soup called borscht. Tutitam with Chervonenke Buryachok, the red beet. that time of year again, there is an Easter Bazaar coming up, and it is put on by the Visna Ukrainian Dancers and the Ukrainian Canadian Cultural Society of Nanaimo, and it is coming up pretty soon. This weekend, in fact. And here to tell us all about it is a member of the Cultural Society, as well as a dance instructor of the Visna Ukrainian Dancers, Leanne Pokolik. Leanne, thanks for joining us. Hi there. Thanks for having me again this year. As per normal. Well, you know what? It comes once a year. They seem to come quicker than they did before. <laughs> yeah, exactly. As you know, though Easter is later this year, yeah, it's, uh, it's that time of year, our, um, one of our two main fundraisers that we do for our groups this year. So yeah, it's now a good time to do it. Get all your Easter baking and whatever else you may need for, for your Easter supper, dinner, whatever you may be having this year with your family. Yeah, of course, get uh, stock up on, on neat stuff too. For sure, especially if, if you want pierogies and bosch. Okay, so <laughs> so that's the usual um, 
pierogies and borscht that are going to be available. So, and I think there's a little bit of a routine, um, and they're, they do sell out pretty quickly. So yeah, at Christmas time, we sold out completely. Wow. As well as our concession. So, um, I don't know if that was due to, to people really knowing about us or if it was that just that time of year, people were hungry. I don't know, but we sold out everything real quick. We were, uh, sold out the concession. We were sold out by about one thirty. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. So, so then people better get there early if they want to get pierogies. Especially the frozen ones, yes. They they sell it quickly as well, as well as the borscht that we do sell as a fundraiser as well. Okay, yeah. so great Ukrainian food. Uh, it's not always easy to find in the area, so uh, that's a good opportunity to, to stock up on some. Um, so tell us then uh, all about the bazaar and what else is going to be there. Okay, well, it's on Saturday, April 6th um, from 11 till 3. It's at um, our usual St. Michael's Ukrainian Parish Hall, which is on Victoria Avenue. Um, just off Norwell Drive. Um, we, Like I said, we'll be there from 11 till 3. Um, there will be concession where you can get hot food, which has our, our borscht and some sausages and uh, some goodies as well you can buy from there. Yeah, of course, pierogies. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, right. Sorry, and pierogies. <laughs> Good old pierogies. Sorry, I forgot about them. Can't forget about those. Nope. Um, so- and then also on the other side, we will have uh, where you can buy frozen pierogies and containers of borscht you can take home with you. Um, we will have our bake table where we have uh, lots of hostess plates and cakes and breads and stuff like that you can take home as well. Um, we have our novelty table, which will have um, a variety of things, Ukrainian things and not Ukrainian things that mm-hmm. we sell. Um, Jean will be there with her um, Easter eggs, Ukrainian Easter eggs for sale as well. Um, and then Sandy's <clears throat> excuse me, Ukrainian Kitchen will be there with selling her cabbage rolls and other such stuff as well that she brings. Okay, so lots of Ukrainian food to be had there. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and I forgot the jams and jellies by Vic. So, oh, yeah, right. always those two. Well, yeah, Vic and, and Lee have um, a farm out in Arrington. Yeah, right? and yeah, and he always makes home, brings in homemade uh, jams and jellies and some relishes and stuff like that. Depends on what he makes is what he brings, and it's, I know I buy it all the time. It's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, they're, yeah, Lee's a great cook. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. so um, that's this coming Saturday, April the 6th, at St. Michael's Ukrainian Catholic Parish Hall on Victoria Avenue. It's just down from the well, and it's from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m., and come early for pierogies if you want to Come early them. for everything, because yeah, like I said, I don't guarantee how long stuff is going to be there. Um, also, um, if you're so inclined, we are having another fundraiser the week after by um, doing a bottle drive. So if uh, anyone wants to bring their bottles, they can bring them that day as well to the hall, and we'll gladly take them off your hands and put them towards our bottle drive for the next weekend as well. Okay, so the fundraising uh, goes for what, Leanne? Um, mostly for um, upgrade of costumes, um, to pay any other fees, as well as we're going to uh, mission this year again, once again, for the Ukrainian Dance Festival in May, and some of that money will be going towards that as well. Okay, so yeah, it's pretty expensive to hop, get all these kids over on the ferry. For and- sure, and accommodations and registration, everything, you know, everything costs, right? So this is uh, another fundraiser that we do towards this as well. So tell us about uh, Dvisna going to uh, mission. You won some prizes last year. Yeah, we got a gold and, and uh, six silvers. I can't even remember wow. now. Yeah, wow. so we did pretty well last year, our first gold ever. So the kids were pretty proud of themselves for our whole puck. So they worked hard at getting that. So we're going to try and up our game and do a little bit more this year. Um, we're also taking a uh, adult group this year to oh. competition. Oh, oh, yeah, you don't know about this. It's a no. surprise. Yeah, wow. no, we, we have a dance that, uh, a character dance that... Uh, three of the adults are doing as well. So 
I'm not going to say anything about it because it's a kind of a surprise. So oh, okay. It should be comic relief kind of idea. So okay. people won't be expecting it, I don't think. So, oh, okay. Yeah, it'll be yeah. fun. Great. So um, might as well talk then about your wrap-up too. Hopefully we'll see those dances that you're taking to mission. Yeah, you'll see them all. We are having a concert on May 26th at the uh, Harborview well, Center Theater. Harborview Theater, sorry, downtownish right. area there. Um, yeah, so... Uh, Tickets aren't on sale yet, but that's we're going to have our year-end concert there at 2 o'clock, okay. so it's a Sunday. Okay, so we'll get you on to update us when yeah. all the, yeah. the uh, details are finalized. So just uh, recap again, this weekend... Uh, Easter Bazaar, yearly Easter Bazaar, Saturday, April 6th, 11 to 3 at St. Michael's Parish Hall. Um, come early, come get your stuff, have a seat, have some hot food, take some home... Typical Ukrainian thing. Can't what? leave till you till you're fat, kind of. <laughs> eat, 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 and we also, like I said, we have also goodies and yeah. jams. Anything you want, it's, it'll be there. That's Ukrainianish. And watch G make some eggs, some yeah, eggs as well. Yeah, yeah, she's been working hard. I saw her yesterday, and she has dye all over her hands from doing <laughs> eggs for preparing for this thing. So she's uh, she's raring to go, and she has stuff for sale. And she usually has one on the go when she's there in case you guys have questions how it's done. So great. It's pretty cool. Good. Okay. Super. So, um, again, the Ukrainian Easter Bazaar hosted by the Ukrainian Canadian Cultural Society of Nanaimo and the Visna Ukrainian Dancers uh, this Saturday, April 6th from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. at St. Michael's Ukrainian Parish Hall, 4017 Victoria Avenue off Norwell Drive. And if you have any questions or you want to get in touch with Aliane, um, how do we reach you? Um, you can find us on Facebook. Um, Nanaimo Dancers Nanaimo or Vesna Dancers Nanaimo um, or you can email email us at vesnadancers at gmail.com um, we also forgot to mention there are raffle tickets that you can buy to win pierogies as well we have uh, first prize 15 dozen second prize 10 dozen and the third prize is four containers of bushed okay so, and they're only a dollar each so You'll hear them as soon as you come in the door. People will be asking you about raffle tickets. So uh, you can buy them. And they're on sale uh, through any Vesna dancers right now as well. So. Okay, awesome. Super. Leanne, thanks so much for joining us. Good luck at the bazaar. Leanne Pokolik with the Vesna Ukrainian Dancers of Nanaimo. And you'll see her and uh, lots of goodies to pick up and stock up on at their annual Easter Bazaar fundraiser that is happening this Saturday from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. at St. Michael's Ukrainian Catholic Parish Hall, 4017 Victoria Avenue in Nanaimo. You're listening to Nasholos Ukrainian Roots Radio on CHLY 101.7 FM in beautiful downtown Nanaimo. I'm your host this hour, Pavina. Vistuhite radio programu Nasholos Radio Krinskoho Korinya na radio stansi CHLY 101.7 FM umisti Nanaimo. Hovorit Pavina. Up next, Connie Calder and a song you won't mistake what it's about. I knew a man who never had any luck at all. He'd go on a date and then he'd wait, patient for her call. But then it seemed his luck had changed and everywhere he went. He had a woman on his arm and they looked so content. I asked him what the secret was that made his life so nice. He said, my Ukrainian grandmother gave me some great advice. She said, if you like her pierogies, she'll like your kubasa. Listen up, you little doggies, it's a universal law. Cause some like buns, some cabbage rolls, some even like coleslaw. 
But if you like her pierogies, she'll like your kubasa. Now some men think that all it takes is a fancy car. Some men think that money will make up for who they are. Some men think it's flowers and chocolates and you'll score. But if they listen to their grandmother, they'd all come back for more. Cause you can read of Mars and Venus, you can even pass the test. But if you're lucky enough to be Ukrainian, Baba knows best. She says if you like her pierogies, she'll like your kubasa. Listen up, you little doggies, it's a universal luck. Some like buns, some cabbage rolls, some even like coleslaw. But if you like her pierogies, she'll like your kubasa. Everybody now, you like her pierogies, she'll like your kubasa. Listen up, you little doggies, it's a universal locker. Some like buns, some cabbage rolls, some even like coleslaw. But if you like her pierogies, she'll like your kubasa. Hi, I'm Joan Brander, and you're listening to my Pesinka Power podcast. I love Ukrainian egg decorating. I've been doing it for several decades, ever since I was a child. I've amassed so much knowledge and experience over those years, I thought that podcasting would be a great way to share my passion with you. I'll be telling you about their history, legends, and symbols. On the practical side, there's tools and techniques used in making them, hints, tips, and do-it-yourself projects to talk about. Did you know that the fate of the world depends on Pesinka? There's an ancient Ukrainian legend that says, as long as Pesinka are being made, evil will not prevail over good in the world. They're one of the greatest traditions of all time, so I hope that my podcast will inspire you. Have you ever looked at a pesinka and wondered what all the symbols and designs mean? Well, you've come to the right place to find out. This is episode four, and I'm going to discuss how symbols are used, the categories of pesinka symbols, some examples, and what they mean. I'll walk you through them. So what exactly are symbols? Symbols are pictures used to represent a thing or an idea but not a particular word or phrase for it. They don't represent the object pictured, but rather something or idea that the object pictured is supposed to suggest. Can you wrap your head around that? Think of symbols in other cultures, such as Egyptian hieroglyphs, Chinese characters, or even digital emojis. Now, turning to Pesinka symbols, they're used the same way. During Easter, you likely won't see bunny rabbits on a Pesinka, But here are some traditional symbols you will see. There's so many types that they're generally put into various categories. These include geometric patterns, plant motifs, animal symbols, and religious designs. As mentioned in episode 2, Ukrainian Easter eggs have been around for thousands of years, and so has their symbolism. However, over the years, as beliefs have come and gone, 
symbols and their meanings have changed. What hasn't changed, though, is the way they're put on eggs. It's with beeswax and dyes. I cover the technique of writing pesenke in episode 1, and the dyes we use in episode 3. My favorite symbol for pesenke is the geometric pattern. Let's delve into it. Geometric patterns deal with shape, size, relative position of figures, and the properties of space. Sounds complicated, doesn't it? But it's not. Think of it this way. The egg itself can be divided into squares, triangles, and other shapes. These shapes are then filled with other forms and designs, usually in a repetitive pattern. It's that simple. What was your favorite subject in high school? Mine was geometry, and I think that's the reason I like geometric symbols on Pesenka the most. Back then, who'd have thunk these many years later I'd be podcasting about geometry? Let's talk about some Pesenka examples. I'm looking at a long list of traditional geometric patterns that could be written on Pesenka. Easy for me to see, and I'll do my best to describe what I'm looking at. I'd also like to help you understand their significance. The simplest of geometric patterns are lines. Imagine them as ribbons or belts going around the egg. All geometric patterns start with a line of some sort, even if it's not as straight as you'd like it to be, and many of the lines have names. I'll give you four examples. A straight line that encircles the egg is called a meander. It has no beginning and no end. It's easy to see why this would symbolize infinity or the continuous thread of life. A zigzag pattern is a saw. Like the name implies, it looks like the teeth of a saw and represents water or waves. Another type of line is a quirky name called Gypsy Roads. I've made this design and it's quite challenging. It's wider than a simple line. As the name implies, think of it like a road. It's usually just two colors, red and black, to give a continuous path around the egg. Evil is represented by black and is never able to find its way off the road. The message of this pesenka is protection from evil and harm. And let's not forget the wavy lines, even if I may say with subtle sarcasm, it's made unintentionally. These represent water. So those are the lines. And here are some examples of triangles and tripods. Even the youngest child can recognize a triangle. Remember the shape of ball from Tupperware? It targets ages six months and up who try to fit the shape into the same sized hole in a rolling ball. In Pesenke, triangles signify a trinity. In pagan times, the trinity was air, fire, and water. Or the heavens, earth, and air. Did you notice these are threes? In Christian symbolism, it is most often the Holy Trinity. One particular pattern of multiple triangles is simply called the 48 triangles. This design is a favorite among egg decorators because there are so many variations of this basic design. The entire egg is covered in triangles that join up with each other. A prayer for protection was said for each triangle. I talked about these prayers in episode 2. In this 48 triangles design, the prayer represented some important aspect of life. A couple examples of this are water, earth, and air, or the sun, moon, and stars. As I said, symbols on Pesenke have changed over time. 
The 48 triangles design is a perfect example of this. A variation has been adapted to write only 40 triangles instead of 48. These 40 triangles represent the 40 days of Lent, 40 martyrs, and 40 birds. All the triangles represent the Holy Trinity. A tripod shape is similar to the triangle. It looks like the ancient swastika. It has arms crossed with each other at right angles. Don't confuse this with the stylized, twisted symbol of the German Nazi party. The swastika symbol is thousands of years old. Sometimes its shape has rounded corners. I still have a few more types of symbols to go through. I love the star or rose symbol. It's usually written as an eight-pointed star. To me, it's the most versatile of the geometric patterns. It can be used and developed into so many variations. You could have dozens of eggs decorated with star rosettes, yet all will be so different. That's the beauty of this symbol. Each one signifies good fortune. The sun symbol signifies happiness and prosperity. Pagan explanation makes the sun the center of the universe and the provider of life. You can make this solar symbol as simple or as elaborate as you want. Then there's circles and dots, so easy to write. Individual dots represent stars or tears. Sometimes the circle contains a dot in the middle, which I've heard represents the moment when the earth receives the light of the sun and comes to life. This must mean that spring can't be far off. Are you still with me? I've got a couple more geometric symbols to tell you about. Even in ancient times, the cross was a symbol of life. There are many variations of the cross in Pesinka design. They always symbolize the Christian faith. And lastly, churches also appear as symbols of Christianity. The basic outline depicts the beautiful wooden churches of the Carpathian Mountains in Ukraine with their characteristic triangular roofs. That pretty much wraps up geometric patterns for this episode. I'll put some graphic designs of the ones I talked about in the transcript of this episode in case you didn't grasp what they look like from my description. But that's just the tip of the iceberg for symbolism. As the names of these various geometric patterns imply, they're pretty easy to identify. Perhaps now, when you look at Pesinke, you'll see symbols in a different way. Let's turn now to Books and Bits. All episodes of this podcast feature a personal commentary on resources to support the topics on Pesinke covered. In this case, traditional Pesinka symbols. You can also see them on my website, babasbeeswax.com. There's no shortage of books that deal with this. Many of them show diagrams and pictures, including the ones I talked about in this episode. There's two books that I'd especially like to point out here. The first book is Eggs Beautiful, How to Make Ukrainian Easter Eggs. It focuses on legends, customs, and symbols. The authors also take you step-by-step step through the process of making pesinke with color pages of beautiful eggs. The second book is one that I wrote. It's called My First Pesinka, Symbols My Baba Taught Me, and was published by Baba's Beeswax in 2018. I hope that it will engage everyone from toddlers to teachers in the wonder of pesinke. It offers the opportunity to learn about different types of symbols. 
It contains large format drawings that can be colored by children or mounted in classrooms as teaching aids. You can order both books along with supplies, kits, and other books from my store, Baba's Beeswax. Right beside the listing of the book on the Baba's Beeswax online store is an icon which links you directly to my YouTube channel. There's several playlists there, but the one I want to guide you to is the book preview video clips. You can watch me flip through the pages of these books so you can see the format, the pages, colorful cover, and contents of featured Pesinka designs. After publishing My First Pesinka, Symbols My Baba Taught Me, the producer and hostess of Nash Hollis Radio interviewed me about it. It aired on August 26, 2018. You can hear this interview on her Nash Hollis website, on my YouTube channel, or through the link on my website, babasbeeswax.com. Tune in to the next episode of this podcast, when I'll depart from discussing symbolism. We'll talk about a technique that will surely help you create the squares, triangles, and other shapes I talked about here. To keep your patterns consistent and proportional, you'll learn all about using pencil guidelines. Before I go, allow me to tell you about Baba's Beeswax and how you can get in touch with me. We're located in Richmond, British Columbia. Our studio comes alive with workshops and demonstrations. We write books, pamphlets, teaching aids, and videos. We have a library for all the publications we produce and collect. Not only that, we have a gallery of all the pesenke we've made and collected. For shopping on the internet, you can visit our online store at babasbeeswax.com. We've had it since 1997. We're doing our best to keep up with technology, so we're connecting with you on YouTube, Facebook, and other platforms. Now we're podcasting, and we're very excited to be doing that. You too can follow the buzz by giving us your comments or a thumbs up. We're here to help you choose kits and supplies, like the beeswax, kiska, and dyes you'll need. You can get everything you need all year round, not only at Easter. In case you missed anything, you can listen to my podcast again. We've put the audio file on our website, babasbeeswax.com, or you might like reading along, so we've put the transcript there too. That's it for me, Joan Brander of Baba's Beeswax. Thanks for listening, and have a great day.
Ukrainian group from Poland called Kobza with a song about Kalena, a highbush cranberry. Vysluchite radio prashamu nash holos radio krinskoho korinya na radio stansi CHLY stoadeni simfm umistina naimo. Hovorit pavina. You're listening to Nash Holos Ukrainian Roots Radio on CHLY 101.7 FM in Nanaimo. I'm your host this hour, Pavina. And now for a look at Ukraine's rich Jewish heritage, then and now, brought to you by the Ukrainian Jewish Encounter based in Toronto, Ontario. This is Paulina, producer and host of Nash Holos Ukrainian Roots Radio. A little over a year ago, I received an email from the Felstein Society in New York. The Felstein Society is named after a Ukrainian town called Felstein, which today is Hvardiske in the Dnipropetrovsk Oblast near the city of Dnipro. The Felstein Society was founded as a benevolent society in 1905 in New York City to help Jewish immigrants from the Pale of Settlement, Galicia, and elsewhere in Eastern Europe. After a brutal pogrom in February of 1919, in which some 600 Jewish Felsteiners were massacred, the society provided refuge and relief to the survivors. Over the years, the society evolved according to the needs of its community. The society is small now, but still active. Today it is working to preserve the memory of its members and the events that they survived, in the hope that it will cultivate greater understanding and prevent a repeat of past atrocities. In February, they organized a worldwide candlelighting ceremony on the 100th anniversary of the pogrom on February 16th. The community of Havardiske, where the shtetl of Felstein once existed, played a large role in that event. The Felstein Society is also organizing a commemorative conference in April. Last week, I managed to catch up with the president of the Felstein Society, Alan Bernstein, to get the details. So, Alan, we last spoke in November, and you had some really exciting news about making contact with the Catholic Church in Felstein, now Vardiskia. Yes. Yeah, now Father Peter at St. Wojciech Parish, who is planning yes. to have his congregation uh, help you with the commemoration of the 1919 pogrom. I think they were going to partake in the candlelighting event that you had last month, February. Yes, it, it was wonderful. I, you know, we saw video of it, and uh, they sent us pictures. It was covered in a local uh, television station. Oh, and it was quite moving to see all these people who showed up and 
and had candles lit and, you know, were participating in the service that the priest had put together. And it, it was it was really, it was wonderful. That event took place at the site where the Felstein Society put up a monument to honor the uh, the people who died in the pogrom because there was no monument for them. And then there's an ancient Jewish cemetery right next to that monument. I was there when we dedicated the monument, and we had a very similar turnout of people. I think maybe they had a little bit more at this event, but it's really quite a turnout. It's quite striking to see all these people. It was, it was really wonderful. And uh, Father Peter and the principal of the school, Yuri Fedorov, are really very, very um, dedicated to being able to share this story with his parishioners. And they're in the process of translating part of our Yisker book into Ukrainian so that people can uh, read the stories. Wow. And uh, the person who's responsible for the translation of our Yisker book has forwarded to him uh, a series of chapters from the book that he thought would be most appropriate for uh, Father Peter to translate. Wow. So it's it, this is a really wonderful turn of events as far as I'm concerned. But then getting back to what we were talking about before, without money, without an organization behind us, it's a pity because we can't really turn it into something. If I had a staff of people that I could count on to develop a program and bring some kids over here and you know, establish some kind of a student exchange or some kind of a scholarship program or, you know, some kind of a broader educational effort across Ukraine. And, we're, you know, we're in touch with, uh, like, the Kesher Project. So it's too bad that we can't morph this into something that would really uh, take off. But, you know, we just don't have the resources. You know, I'm just out here practically on my own with a couple of other people who are interested and you know, we have our group, and there's really nobody else out here remembering this era of history, and it, it's really too bad. It really is. Well, it is, because there's so much we can learn from history, and it looks like we haven't learned too much, so there's, there's lots, no, lots more. No, it certainly doesn't. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> that's, that's really, uh, you know, but, pl- putting it mildly, as we yeah. say. Yeah, but you know what, Al, on the, uh, the flip side of this, it just shows how much you know, one or two, just a few people can do. Because here you are working in New York with a couple of other people, and, you know, you've had to let go a few wonderful people because you've run out of money. But still, there are still core few of you and probably some volunteers. And you've got a whole town, a whole community in Ukraine, Ukrainian people who also didn't know anything about the past, and they're learning and they're commemorating, and they'll tell people, and, and word will eventually get around. And if there it wasn't for the few of you people, all those people, and you know, however many are going to be coming to your event, you know, wouldn't wouldn't know. So you know, at least we can be thankful for the work that you're doing, which is fantastic. You, all you can do is all you can do, and I would say you're doing quite a lot. I mean, uh, this event was on TV there. And the school is getting involved, so that's huge. And then here as well, um, you've got these events coming up. I guess it's a conference and, and other commemorative events coming up uh, in a month's time. You know, you're right. You do the best you can, that's all. Yeah, and so um, let's just recap again what is going to be coming up in April. 
just kind of give us a rundown of uh, what is going to be going on. Well, we're getting the, the final details of our uh, event ready. I mean, I was just on the phone with the caterer today, and mm-hmm. uh, and we're getting things set up, and we've got our speakers are all ready, and we're just really trying to stimulate interest and have more people to attend. So can people register online? Yes, people can register online. We're on Eventbrite, and okay. you know all people have to do is go to Eventbrite and search Felstein, F-E-L-S-H-T-I-N, and the event comes up, and they can go right on the website there and register with a credit card, or they can send us a check directly, and, and we're happy to handle things that way as well. But we're really in pretty good shape. We're having a group called Voicecapes has taken the uh, Yisker book, and extracted a portion of it that they are going to present dramatically. They're audio actors, and they have created a vignette out of our book, and they're going to do that as our finale, as the final act of our show. Oh. And that should be quite wonderful. It's going to have music and visuals, and uh, it should be uh, really quite a wonderful uh, presentation of uh, the book and of the events of the book. So their uh, aim is to do the one-hour synopsis of of what the book touches on. Wow. In much more detail. And the book is uh, memoirs of people who survived the pogrom in 1918. Yes, Yes. the book is in three parts. It's stories of how people were living in the town before the pogrom, and then it's stories about the pogrom, and then it's stories of how people got to the United States and established themselves and made their lives here. So it's the book is in essentially three parts. Okay. All right, I'm just at, at the site now and I'm I'm having a look there. Tickets are twenty five to a hundred and what is the um the difference? Well some people might just want to see the voicecapes presentation after lunch and so we're making that option available but the other people will be there for the whole day and, and have lunch with us. So the fee for, for those tickets includes a luncheon. Oh, I see. Okay, so that's from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. then on yes. Sunday, April 14th. Yes. Okay, and so you're going to be having, um, starting out with a historical perspective on the pogroms, and that'll be Professor Jeffrey Viedlinger. Weidlinger. Weidlinger from the yes. University yes. of Michigan. And then a tale of two Jewish-Ukrainian brothers, and that will be Mel Werbeck. Yes. A Felsteiner. So yes, he is a Felsteiner, and this is a story about his ancestors, two uh, fellows who became billionaires in, in Ukraine. Wow. And it represents a tremendous amount of research that Mel Werbeck did in order to uh, come up with this story. And you've also got another Felstein, Paulina Lerner. Who, yes, Paulina yeah. was born in Felstein, and she recently went back to, to visit, and she's going to talk about her story of uh, visiting the town, you know, what it was like. And she met, actually, with uh, the principal of the school, and the two of them decided that it would be a wonderful thing for us to be able to have some kind of a an exhibit, a permanent museum exhibit, depicting life in the town before the pogroms, because both the school principal and Father Peter both really thought it would be a wonderful idea if we could help the children and the rest of the townspeople understand what things were like 
before these tragic circumstances took place. Yeah, that's amazing, too. Yeah, that's amazing. This is another one of those things that, you know, if we had the resources and we could, you know, put it together and hire hire a museum curator who who could really pursue it in a way that would really be meaningful to everybody, that would be great. But, you know, here we are, you know. One step at a time, and, yeah, you never know where it will lead. So, right, yeah, see, you're also going to be having um, some information about uh, genealogical research. Uh, We're very fortunate to have a speaker who's the head of Jewish genealogy and uh, is responsible for running the Jewish Genealogy website, and who's at the Museum of Jewish Heritage here in in the city, and uh, he's a wonderful young fellow, and we're really looking forward to hearing his uh, thoughts about how people can pursue finding out about their roots and giving everybody a, uh, a little bit of stimulus to do their family trees and maybe do their uh, DNA and really dig down. There are things that we we had hoped to do that we won't be able to do just because of resources. Again, uh, we were hoping to be able to create a kind of a mega family tree describing where the families intersected because in all these little towns where there were only 12 or 1,500 people, the populations tended to be a lot closer genetically than they are today, and people married their cousins. You know, so the families are all very much intertwined, and we were really hoping to be able to shed some light on on how the branches crossed, but uh, it doesn't look like we'll be able to get that far at this event. Mm -hmm. Possibly down the road, you know, if we could make this kind of an event sustainable and do it every year or do it every other year or really keep the society more active, then Mm. we would be in a much different position to be able to uh, make some of these uh, activities uh, sustainable. Yeah, and there are so many things to explore, things like the the intergenerational PTSD, um, for example, that I've often wondered myself, uh, and you look around all the broken people in the world, and if you go back into their family trees and, and what their ancestors suffered and how much of that the, stays in the psyche and gets passed down generations. Well, yes, that was one of the things that unfortunately we had to uh, take off the program because we just couldn't afford it. Yeah, that's a shame. Uh, yeah, that was a shame. But it's an issue that was raised and an issue that we pursued and we met with the speaker who was going to touch on that subject, who's devoted her life to it and very brilliant woman and uh, it was wonderful for us to be able to have met her. And it's a fascinating concept that, you know, is controversial. It's not uh, something that everybody ascribes to. But it is something that many people feel is very relevant, and we will definitely have it on the agenda going down the road. Right. And has she published anything? Is she online? Can people go online? Oh, yes, yes, absolutely. People can go online and, and see her work and have no question about it. What is her name? L. Daniele. How do you spell that? Y Y A E L. Okay. D A N I E L I. Okay. She's a brilliant person and very, very dedicated to this idea. She's a a psychologist, and she actually runs programs that focus on intergenerational communication, and she's really an astounding lady. 
But the thing that we're really going to try to do, we're going to make some of her uh, information available and people who may want to be able to follow up with her individually will be able to. So even though she won't be speaking directly, we're certainly going to make sure that people understand that as far as we're concerned, she made a, a very big contribution to our thinking about the event and about this intergenerational transmission of trauma and things like that. So, you know, she was she was very, uh, very important to us in many ways. Yeah, yeah, definitely an important topic to pursue. And so um, back to your, your event in April, you've got a lunch is after the genealogical research part, and then you're going to be looking at the YISCOR book and getting an update on that. So can you give us kind of a sneak preview for those of us who can't make it? <laughs> uh, well, the, the, uh, the YISCOR book is one of three. There are many, many other YISCOR books that were written about the Holocaust. But in this era, there were really only three books published, and mm. ours is one of three. One wow. was written in Praskurov, now Kemelnitsky, and it was, and then our book, and then there's one other town that had a book, and the name of that town escapes me at the moment. Uh, so the importance of our book, not only from the point of view of the Felstein society and preserving that slice of history, but also from the point of view of, of it being a model for Holocaust Yisker books. So uh, it's going to be done. We're in the process of getting it finalized and published, and hopefully uh, we'll have copies available to, to people who want it at the event or soon after. Uh, it's quite a book. It's going to be uh, fully translated and annotated and very readable, and our translator did a, just a, a phenomenal job of, of putting it together and, and working on it. He worked with 10 or 15 different dictionaries because wow. the words, you know, Yiddish is a language that is a kind of a conglomeration of many languages, right. and oftentimes uh, you're trying to translate the text and you come up with a word that sounds like it's Russian or it sounds like it's Ukrainian or it sounds like <laughs> it's Hebrew. So he had tons of uh, dictionaries that he used on a regular basis to be able to uh, get the best possible translation that we could have. So uh, lots on your plate still. You've got a month to go before the event. So good luck with that. And Thank you very much. And thank you for sharing your story, Alan. And it's, it's wonderful to make contact with you. I'm so glad that we did. I've, I've learned so much myself. And hopefully my listeners have as well. And um, again, thank you for sharing the story. Thank you for all this good work you do. Best, of, uh, uh, best wishes for a very successful conference uh, next month. And uh, with all the, the YISCOR and all the other projects. Thank you so much. I re we really appreciate your support and your interest and your curiosity and giving us the opportunity to uh, let people know about what we're doing and how it's going. It's been a tremendous boost to us to know that somebody's out there who really uh, is concerned about this stage of history and, and, and what happened and what's happening with it now. Well, well all the best to you. Thanks so much, Bullet. Okay, thank you, Alan. Thank you. Bye-bye. I've been speaking with Alan Bernstein, president of the Felstein Society in New York. If you are in New York or able to travel there and would like to register for their upcoming commemorative event, please visit their website, www.felstein.org. You can also find detailed information there about this society, which dates back to 1905. 
Links to audio archives and transcripts of our earlier interviews with Alan Bernstein can be found at our website, www.nasholos.com. This has been Ukrainian Jewish Heritage here on Nasholos Ukrainian Roots Radio. I'm Pavlina, producer and host. Thanks for listening. Until next time, Shalom. Ukrainian Jewish Heritage is brought to you by the Ukrainian Jewish Encounter, based in Toronto, Ontario. To find out more about their work, visit their website and follow them on Facebook and Twitter. Transcripts and audio files of this and earlier broadcasts of Ukrainian Jewish Heritage are available at their website, ukrainianjewishencounter.org, as well as at the Nasholos website, www.nasholos.com. Masters from Winnipeg, Manitoba with the seven-step waltz, or polka, <laughs> your choice. Tsihodenu bulazvame pavlina. Nahadu visuhite radio programu nash holos radio nasha ho korinya. Zalashaitis is name and a stupnuhodenu. Dali peradiu mikrofonu oksani. Zaproshiu poslukate troche pro historiu, itredeci, rozpovist oksana. Alla peritemio hochu zalashitavas to kimislavame mudrostea. Bez pravnist, maya korotke jetia. And our Proverb of the Week translates as, Injustice has a short life. And that brings us to the end of the first hour of Nash Holos Ukrainian Roots Radio here on CHLY 101.7 FM in Nanaimo. Please stay with us as Oksana takes over the microphone to host the next hour. Meanwhile, please join me here again next Wednesday from 11 a.m. till 12 noon. And until then, do stay in touch with both Oksana and me via our Facebook page and Twitter. In between broadcasts, please visit us online where you'll find transcripts and the podcast feed as well as other items of interest, and information about the show. And that's at www.nasholos.com. So stay tuned next for the Nasholos Ukrainian Hour with Oksana, followed by Wellness Wednesday, to learn how to be healthy naturally. And at 2 p.m., join Gord Bibby for two hours of great oldies on Groovin' with Bibby G. I'm Pavlina. On behalf of all of us here at Nasholos and CHLY 101.7 FM, thanks for listening. Do <music>
Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now.